Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. Friends, today there is no intro, no outro, no ad, um, because we have some really, really important things to talk about. And one thing that I just want to say as we dive in here is that when it comes to working with the angels, the angels are always trying to show us our way home to love, our way home to oneness, our way home to peace, our soul self, Um, because who you are as a soul is love. And so we're going to talk about some hard topics today, kind of the state of the world. But no matter where we go today, the angels say you have a role. I know that a lot of us can feel um, like we don't have any power and that we're powerless, but the angels have this vision that they want to show you today. And so we're going to get to that and show you what that is so that you see what your role is and, and so that you see how that you're part of this collective. As we're talking, this came about because Jesse Asia Kanzer is a author that we've had on the show before. She has a new book. She's become my friend. Uh, so there's people who come on the show and and they're wonderful, but I never hear from them again. And then there's people that I keep in touch with all the time. And, and Jesse's one of them. I feel like she's a soul sister. She has a new book called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, Lessons We Can All Learn from an Unexpected Leader. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Jesse. thank you so much for being here. Julie, thank you so much for having me. And as you said, we've become more than just host and interviewee now. So it's really lovely to chat with you um, again. <laughs> Again, again, again. Yes, yes. So we've watched this unfold within the the world over, um, has it been almost two years now? Yeah, sadly, at the end of February, it's going to be two years. Yeah. Everything happening over in Ukraine. And you have a very unique perspective because you have family members who were in the Holocaust. You have you have a different perspective. And so you want to talk a little bit about that first and what inspired you to write the book. Absolutely. And real quick to just jump back to the message from the angels, I think it's so interesting that one of the main takeaways and the points that I talk about in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky is the quote that Zelensky says a lot of times, this particular one is from when he received his uh, Time Person of the Year award. He said, every one of us is the leader of our time. Every one of us. And he often said, I'm not a politician, just an ordinary person, a simple person who has come to break down the system. And so... Look, my background is very similar to Vladimir Zelensky. He was a Jewish Soviet kid. I was a Jewish Soviet kid. Um, Most people of our background were brought up without religion. Soviet Union was a very um, hard place to really practice any sort of faith any sort of faith at all. Uh, That was not the way of the land, literally. And there were rules and you had to stick to the rules. And so 
for me, my family escaped. We sought asylum in America. We immigrated through various other countries until we finally got here. We ended up settling in Brooklyn. I live not in Brooklyn now, but just outside of the city. And so, you know, I, I have a really lovely life now. Now, Vladimir Zelensky is someone who remained in what was then Soviet Union and became free Ukraine. And I think that was a sort of immigration as well for people who had to find ways to, first of all, become free. What did that mean? And then how to like cut the ties more so with their imperialist nation that was their neighbor. And so his story was why he's an unexpected leader is because he was just like a kid like me finding his way. He became a comedian and an entertainer and actor, as was I. And so we happened to cross paths once. In 2009, there was a movie being filmed uh, in New York. Part of it was being filmed in New York. It was a Russian language movie called No Love in the City. The main stars, there were three main stars. It was uh, Zelensky, Vladimir Zelensky was one of them. And he uh, was flown in with the other stars. He, it was just his first feature film. I got a small part in it because I was a Russian speaker, struggling actress, waitress at the time. And, uh, you know, so our paths crossed. Ten years later, he was president. I had left my acting head behind. I was a stay-at-home mom. And I've been following his story ever since because I realized this is a special kind of person, a person who really believes in himself and then gets to those places. But what he's explained to, to all of us, why I'm here today sharing this message, he's explained, actually, no, he's an ordinary person and we all have extraordinary capabilities and powers if we let those limits that are set on us from all over the place, if we let those limits fall away. A hundred percent. And uh, I think it's it's really easy right now to look at the world. You know, when we set up this interview, Je Jesse, it was only the conflict in Ukraine. And we didn't know what was going to come in Israel. And I'm really struggling, like within my heart right now, you know, when I film these podcasts or record these podcasts, they're not always in order because a lot of times I'll record things six months out. And so in a couple episodes that the listeners will hear in the future, I started having panic attacks the day before Israel was bombed. And a lot of energy healers can relate to this sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes you feel what's happening within the collective, within your physical body. It happened to me a couple other times uh, before, but you don't know what you don't know, right? And so I didn't know that it was going to be that. I just felt this overwhelming panic and I've never had panic attacks before. So I was like, okay, well, it's gotta be just because I've got these big meetings coming up. It wasn't. I still am waiting to hear back on those big meetings. All of it has dissipated and the angels have brought in this complete peace and the way that I want to describe it is like a pretty cloud of peace. I feel like I'm just sitting in it, holding oneness to the highest degree possible because the angels keep showing me this vision of as all of humanity is struggling to wrap our heads around what's happening and I'm not an expert 
in this conflict. So I'm not going to go there today because this has been going on for thousands of years and you can't really break that down in a short podcast episode. But the spiritual place that the angels want to direct everybody to is I keep getting this vision. If you were to close your eyes and imagine every human being here on earth and that they're all vibrating at a certain frequency. So if people are watching what's going on and feeling this fear, which, oh my goodness, if I was in that place where the conflict is happening, how could you not, you know, how could you not hold that intensity of fear? But the rest of us are are watching what's happening. And if we can all keep our vibration as high as possible, there's a vibration within the earth. There's a vibration within all different parts of earth. And so kind of secondarily also imagine that within different places on earth, the vibration itself can be very high or even into the negative numbers right now. So if we look at the vibration of Israel and what's happening, if they're sitting at a negative vibration and then all of us around the rest of the world are saying, oh my God, we're starting to have heart palpitations. We're talking to our friends and going to a fear-based place and taking our vibration there. It doesn't help. We have to keep our vibration high. And as we do, it's this interconnected web around the world that raises the vibration. And I think raises the vibration of leaders too to bring us to a better, safer place for all of humanity. Thank you so much for reminding us of that because I've been really pulled down uh, very much as well. And it's really frightening and um, I don't want to sit in it and I don't want to be watching gruesome images all the time. But at the same time, of course, we're human beings and our heart breaks for every mother who lost a child on the Israeli side and in, the, and in Gaza and the Palestinian side, there's a lot of innocent people uh, suffering. And who always suffers? You know, Zelensky said that in his quote, who always suffers? The children always suffer is what he, one of his quotes. Who always suffers? It's always the innocent people who suffer. And um, you're so right. It's interesting also to me because I don't believe in coincidences. When I published my first book and I, I came on to talk to you about it, Um, It was called Don't Just Sit There to Do Nothing. And it was about a Taoist philosophy that helped me in my own life. Uh, The war in Ukraine broke out four days later, four days after. And so now I have the second book coming out about the great leadership example of Vladimir Zelensky. And this other catastrophic war has broken out in the Middle East. And I think First of all, I think maybe I should stop publishing books. So if they have any relation to the wars, I'm, I'm kidding, of course. But um, I think that perhaps these messages are really important now, the messages from a spiritual place. And they're important for me, too. It's not just like I wrote the book, but I need to remember. So, you know, I just wanted to share this piece, um, this piece of writing from Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. And it's um, it's from a chapter about peace. 
Because ultimately, even though Zelensky is heading his country through war, he was really a pacifist. He tried to avoid war as much as possible. Even in the early days of Ukraine being attacked, he kept calling in Russian to Putin to just sit down with him, to talk to him. That was clearly not going to happen. And so I have this section in the book, it's called Peace Over Comfort. So Zelensky said, we Ukrainians are a peaceful nation but if we remain silent today, we will be gone tomorrow. And then I wrote the same seesaw is true in every country and in every life. Knowing when confrontation is needed, knowing when and what is needed for long-term peace. Because as Zelensky said, Ukrainians need peace, Europe needs peace, the world needs peace. And he went on to say that any war today, whether it's in Ukraine, Syria, Libya, Yemen, any other corner of the planet, regardless of the number of casualties, any war today is the greatest threat to the entire civilization. He, that's what he had told the United Nations. And he, winning for him was making war less of a possibility. It was not just about winning this war. It was making war less of a possibility. He said, we are fighting together to ensure that war is never again seen by any aggressor as a means of achieving aggressive goals. So I found it so interesting. I wrote this quite a while ago. It takes a while to write and edit a book. But today, as we're watching another war unfold, I keep rereading that section and I keep understanding something has to really change in the collective to the point where violence is not what's looked at as the means to resolving conflict. And so you're right that if we can't keep our vibration, you and the angels are, are right to remind us that if we can't find a way to keep our vibration at a higher level, and if we can't find more leaders like Vladimir Zelensky who have a very uh, strong inner moral compass, we need leaders like that. And so I'm really actually proud to talk about this book now because we not only need more leaders like that, we need to become more like that ourselves. That's the only way to lift us above what we've been dealing with for thousands of years. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, I've talked about this before, but like in 500 podcast episodes, I don't remember exactly where it, where it was. I want to clarify, though, before I say this, I don't believe that we should bury our heads in the sand and just keep our vibration high. I think that we have to transmute the lower frequencies into higher frequencies by knowing what's happening, being knowledgeable, being aware, um, not burying our heads in the sand, but then taking the energies that are in the world by being conscious of them and intentionally with our own hearts, holding a high vibration of sending love and doing what we can and taking action where we can. At the same time, what spirit has shown me over the last five, six, seven years is that there are direct correlations of patterns and blueprints of energies. So if you look at the last 100 years, let's just say 1900 to 2000, it was a blueprint of energy where we had things that spurred World War One, and then we went through a pandemic and then we went through the Great Depression and then we went through another world war. And there was a very similar energy thread as we came into the 2000s and we're now here at 2023 
where that blueprint has gotten rewritten so far. The the not getting into, because I believe that there were major, major conflicts that could have led us into over just like the past five years into bigger conflicts and we haven't gone there. We transformed that blueprint, transformed the blueprint through COVID versus the old pandemic. I think that there's going to be probably some energy with a financial situation as we come through, you know, what we went through with uh, the Great Depression, but it's not going to be anywhere near what that was. We're going to completely redo a new blueprint. And what Spirit says is the blueprint that our generation is creating now through the vibration and the consciousness that we're holding brings the next blueprint beyond us into an even higher vibration and consciousness. So the blueprint that's being created by what do you call that? Like getting rid of old patterns from the past 100 years is actually going to aid the generations ahead of us so much more. And that's what conscious wise, thought wise, the angels want us to be holding within our mind is that we're not going to those bad places. Those things that happened a hundred years ago that were detrimental and horrible for this entire world. We're not going there again. As this human collective, we're going to come together as a collective consciousness, a collective vibration, and not allow this world to go through the to the same place. So I think having this book on today is so important because what Zelensky does say to your point is we're all just the person next door and we all have a collective role that we're playing here and it's time for everybody to step into what that means for them because for every single person it's different but spirit's calling you in some way to contribute. As you said, I mean, we all have our own dharma, right? That's a, another, that's something. As this war, by the way, as I was writing Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, and I was, for, as a spiritual person, I'm a spiritual writer, I could have never written about war and been okay. But however, that wasn't possible because as you, as you said, we're living through this kind of repetition, but hopefully improvement of what we've already seen. We're living through war. So, War is, heroes are, they're to be written about. And so I really was struggling at first to how how do you write spiritual material through the paradigm of war? And, you know, so I ended up rereading the Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita. The Bhagavad Gita, or the Gita as we call it for short, because it's hard to pronounce, is one of the, um, you know, seminal works of Hinduism. I joke often, you know, I was born Jewish. I call myself a Hindu or a Buju. I love Eastern teachings. Um, I, you know, you know, I love Taoism and uh, the Taoist teachings. So, so I was rereading the Bhagavad Gita, this very important Hindu script, and the whole scripture of the Gita takes place in war. And Krishna, the God, the deity in this, um, work 
talks to Arunia Prince, who does not want to fight a war and yet has to fight a war. And this um, story, this paradigm is very relatable to all of us because we often have to fight wars within ourselves. If not in our own lives, then within ourselves. We often have battles going on and figuring our way through them is uh, is vital. And so, so I wrote Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, realizing like I want people to understand this is not um, war, a biography of a war leader. This is the story of a person who's been able to turn everything life has thrown at him into something useful. And if we can all do that, or the more of us that can do that, the more of us can change, you know, um, imaginal cells that are formed when there's a cocoon before it turns into a butterfly. Those imaginal cells are extremely important. They are what create the future, AKA butterfly. And I think right now, as spirit is, has been telling you, I think right now we're in, in a time that is a dire time, but it's also a, a time when we are creating this imaginal cells for the future. And so we need to reach for great examples anywhere we can find them. So for me right now, it is Vladimir Zelensky as well as historical teachings. But, um, you know, I, I want to just really quickly say, so he was this comedian actor. We know that he was this comedian actor. He was not a politician. He wasn't going to be a politician. What happened was he created a show for those who don't know. He created a show called Servant of the People, a comedy show where a regular teacher was just fed up with the government, the Ukrainian government, um, fed up and just started pointing at everything going wrong, everything that was wrong with his government, everything that was corrupt. Um, his students taped him, like put him on social media. He just got huge and became president. But all the ideas were Zelensky's ideas. And so then people really wanted him to run. And he ran and won by a landslide because it's not that there were no problems within Ukraine. He came in because he wanted to show a different way of being. And then the war happened. And I guess in hindsight, thank God he had come in to be the leader when the war happened. But he had said, he's actually, you know, he's like us. He's a person, he said, uh, when he was uh, creating Servant of the People, he said his objective, the objective of, of the company he had formed with his friends was to make the world a better place, a kinder and more joyful place with the help of the tools of humor and creativity. Those were his goals pre-presidency, pre-war time. It's huge. It's huge. And I, I do believe that every single person has this capability and you know, being a history major, one of the things that really stuck out to me in college uh, and a poli-sci minor was just how much children would be aware of what was happening within the world. And these ideas would be shaped within their minds and within their consciousness. And then you'd see who they'd become. And a lot of times, you know, back in the 20th century, we're in the 21st century now, right? 1900 to, to 2000, a lot of what you saw was there was being so much hatred spewed and just so much negative energy spewed that the children really hung on to that and grew into that hatred and created more of it. And I think that 
our generation right now being where we're at as parents and some of us grandparents as we're listening to this, one of the thing, things that I'm most keenly aware that the angels keep showing me is that how we're speaking, how we're talking about this, our children are listening and they're going to be listening. And it's either going to create more positivity, and this is for the next generation. So as they grow up over the next 30, 40 years, we're going to see this play out of everything that's happening around the world. How can we direct this younger generation to have more hope and more faith and the courage to step up and make a difference in a positive way to bring more joy to this world and love instead of the hatred that just kind of boils over and spews out in all direction and fear. You're absolutely right, by the way, about the fear. <laughs> um, another chapter in the book is... Um... I was going to say fear versus love, but it's it's a little better word than that. It's funny. I got to go back to my my own writing. It's um from fear to love, mo- moving from fear to love, right? So this idea of, look, most of the terrible things that happen do happen f- out of fear. You know, as much as, for example, in the in the case of Ukraine, we want to vilify, of course, Russia in this case, but it is uh, it's something i write about as well it's important to remember there are also you know people are not their government it's something we're talking about now in the middle east too people are not the terrorists that are acting quote unquote on their behalf people are not the government that is acting on their behalf P- people are just regular people and so when governments act out of a place of fear or hatred it's important to remember all the people behind that and if if enough people can ra- raise like you said, raise their vibration, raise their consciousness above the fear. It won't be probably our generation that changes it completely, but our but our children can. And you know, another thing I realized, um, children, I think are more children are born sensitive slash empathic slash spiritually um, open. I see that myself. I have two girls. I got to say my younger girl... She is so, she doesn't realize this yet, but she is so in tune with the events of the world. This happens to her every time. This last week, she's not been sleeping at all. Now I make a point. I'm not, I don't sit around talking about war nonstop. It does come in. My dad was born in Ukraine. We have a lot of family in Israel. So it does come up, but I make a point to not make that the center of my household for them. They're still young. And yet she feels the same thing that you felt and she's just been like her sleep has been just ridiculously terrible. She wakes up in the middle of the night and she's always been since she was a baby, super in tune to energy. And the more I read about it, the more I realize there's way more children coming in already there than where we've have had to get ourselves to. A hundred percent. It's interesting. Without saying too much, this thing happened this year over here at our household, and we couldn't tell if this video was like meanly, intentedly made. And my kiddo came up to me and she goes, "Um, mom, don't jump to conclusions. She goes, we don't know what their intentions were. 
when this was posted. Um, we need more information. And so she said, don't go there. And I was like, oh my God, I have raised the most amazing little kiddo in the entire world. But I don't even know if I can take credit for that. I think that's just where this generation steps in with their vibration. They're they're a little bit... <laughs> I don't want to say better than us. They're they're a little bit more aware. Um, I would say the same thing, you know, with with my older girl, the same thing. She just, I said something to her because I get angry on her behalf because we're moms and you know that. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, don't, if so, if they're not including you, forget them. Like, just do your thing. You know, like the way I get like that. Yeah. Listen, I was, I also come from the Soviet Union. So I get like the fairness mindness mindset, you know, I can't help it. I'm like, no, you know, you don't have to. And she goes to me, what, what are you talking about? You want me to disinclude myself? No way. And she just kept being nice until she was included. Like that's, she doesn't have that ego part of her. That's like, screw them if they don't like me, which is, which is how my mindset works. And I, and she's teaching me to be better than that. Yeah. And I definitely can't, I, I, maybe you can take credit, Julie, but I cannot take credit for that. I don't think I can. I mean, it's just her. And, and she'll even say, give them the benefit of the doubt, give them the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, I know they're such good kids. And I see, you know, like I, I don't, I know this is another reason I can't really take credit for. I see the kids around; they just seem like they're at a higher vibration. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. What else do you want people to know about this book and about Zelensky? And maybe what are some of like the biggest ahas that you took away just from your research? So. One of the things I want to make clear is that, again, this book, it has a lot of historical facts in it in, in terms of like his particular life story, which I think is fascinating. Like, come on. First of all, he is the master manifester in the way he actually created the show, embodied a president that became the president. So some really cool lessons there. I want people to know that this book is intended to... Um, make each of our own lives better. Like it's not about all of us being these giant leaders. Again, we each have our own Dharma. It's about being the best leaders for ourselves, our families, our communities, and wherever our sphere is. Not all of us need to, thank God, be presidents. Uh, God knows I wouldn't want that responsibility on my shoulders, but um, it's about becoming the best versions of ourselves because one of the main points is that we've already talked about is this idea of, uh, you know, I'm just a simple person who has come to break down the system. If we can all take on this little bit of responsibility that we're all simple people with extraordinary possibilities and extraordinary responsibilities, I think we can each help to break down the system a little bit. I think we can each do our part to break down the system, even in what we talked about, what our kids saying, even if the system is just about vindictiveness, for example, in relationships, when, forget countries, how can we expect countries not to act that way if we can't act that way in our own spheres, communities, you know, interactions, mom clicks, etc. So it's about every little step counting in breaking down the paradigm that has exi existed 
And we learn a lot from Zelensky in this book and from just his actions and words on how to do that. Then um, another big lesson in aha moment was, you know, I kind of call it his PR chapter or um, the chapter is called Know Your Message, Know Your Audience. Um, and this is more uh, utilitarian lessons because each of us does need to know how to communicate what message we want to communicate and how best to do it. And I have not seen a leader who communicates better than Vladimir Zelensky. I think we can all agree with that, watching his speeches to different nations, but also to everyday people. And one of the things that really was my big um, takeaway, his writer, his writers and his uh, people who work for him are often asked, who's the main speechwriter for Zelensky? And the answer is always, he's the main speechwriter for himself. His aides say that he speaks in ready-made thoughts and knows exactly what points he wants to make. Basically, being his writer is just taking quick dictation of his speeches. He he is so clear. He's such a clear person. He's such a, um, I would say, high person. Like he's a, he's clear. He's a clear channel. He walks around with his message clear inside him. And so for me, that's really become a work that I'm still still doing right now it's it's taking on this responsibility slash project of clearing my own message what message i want to walk around as a clear channel i want to spread my message in every interaction so is my message one of love is my message one of empowerment and i think it reminds us and you know it's a full chapter so i can't get into the whole thing but it reminds us of clarifying for ourselves what what is the message that we're spreading to others? How do we communicate it better from person to person? And there's a particular steps that we've picked up from Zelensky that I've picked up from research on how to best do that so that we can all walk around as a clear representation of our own message. And it's really important. I mean, even in our dealings with our kids, sometimes we give off impressions that we don't want to give off. And as you've said, how important that is actually so that we don't just raise another generation of angry, vindictive people. So what are some of those those ways, like those um, that list that you're just talking about? One of them is to always speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. So even when you want an outcome, to come from the heart first, to communicate with others, whatever it is that you're communicating about to communicate from a place of humanity that connects you and me. So when I'm talking to you, even if you're saying my boss and I have issues with you and I want to be treated better, I want it's, it's been time for my promotion. I didn't get it. This is just an example. Often we come into these situations where we've been hurt or we're angered or we feel things are unfair and we come in with an agenda, but we come in with that energy of anger Mm-hmm. And that agenda. And so what we've learned from Zelensky is to come in from the place of the heart, to speak in a way that connects you and I as humans. What can I say in my speech to you, in my conversation to you, that reminds you that I am just like you, that we're just the same? He does. He has a very good way of doing that, whether he's speaking to the U.S. Congress or to the government in Britain or Uh, You know, he's been communicating a lot recently to African countries. He's able to bring in the similarities, the commonalities between our people and your people. And so if we're able to first check in with our heart space and come in from what 
makes us alike, even when we're have a contentious situation. That's great. And then another thing that he does so well, just as a communicator is he comes in with a primary goal, but knowing often that that goal may not be met. He has secondary goals. He has tertiary goals. He has, he has ways. If he, if you're asking for help, you need to have ways that somebody can help you. Even if it's not the exact way you would like, you need to have secondary ways. And it's really important to not just be defeatist, but to have other ways to come at the situation. If it's not the, your first goal, then maybe there's a second goal we can achieve together. And then another thing he does really well is to always stay humble and stay grateful, which to me are one and the same humility and gratitude. So he does it with his own people because he's always, always thanking. He says, when people ask him in interviews, you've been so great. You've been so wonderful for so long. How can you do it? And he always plays down his own role. He says, I can't, I can't be worse than my own people. Mm. My people have been so great. You know, and he always thanks the nurses, the doctors, the teachers, the sanitation workers. Like he makes sure to spread the graciousness, right? To, to, spread the gratitude to everyone who takes part in it. And when he's asking for things from other governments for help, not to forget Ukraine, to help Ukraine, he's always saying, first of all, I want to thank all those who have stood with us. I'm grateful for that. And so that reminds us to always start on that, to start on this communication on a footing of gratitude and humility. It's kind of bringing something up within me where I've been walking through this over the last couple of years and trying to understand it where men and women communicate very differently with one another than we do with one another. And I've noticed that with women, we almost have to process a couple of times in conversations with one another before we can through those conversations, walk ourselves to a different vibrational frequency. Because when you do stay in the know and you do look at what happened, it's horrifying, you know, and that immediate vibration that you go to within yourself is how could anybody do this? I, I, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. But on the other hand, we've seen it throughout our lifetimes where things happen and we've watched generations blame an entire group of people. And I don't feel like that's happening this time around. And it's giving me a lot of hope. Like we're compartmentalizing and we're realizing terrorist groups are much different from an entire group of people. And we're seeing people for their own humanity in that my heart just hurts for every single human being who's suffering, who's just needlessly suffering in this tragedy. Absolutely. And um, again, it's very easy to go to that place of fear. And it's important. I mean, thank you for giving us that reminder early on. I learn a lot of this, this, I also am a big Ram Das fan for the, he often, I think most people know of him, have heard of him, but he was a great um, teacher of uh, Eastern philosophy as well, Hinduism. Um, and he, he often talked about 
being able to hold both, both realities at the same time. So that is the paradox that, um, is so talked about in the Tao Te Ching, which is a philosophy I follow and that we talked about the first time I was on your show. It's this paradox of yes and of being able to hold the pain that we see, being able to leave space for that pain, not negating it, like you said, not pretending it doesn't exist, but being able to hold that pain and still allowing for joy and allowing for growth and allowing for possibility. And um, doing that without letting your without having your heart harden. Mm-hmm. That is the only way we will grow, not just as human beings, but as as a society, as societies, as a world. That's our hope. That's our only hope, honestly, if we're able to do both. And what I've realized, Vladimir Zelensky, another thing that um, you know I write about in the book, he's different. He was criticized very much in the beginning, um, a lot by the Russian media particularly, he didn't fit their very macho paradigm. They have a very macho paradigm. It only hurts, again, another government that only hurts its own people with with these kind of um, paradigms um, where, you know, he was criticized for being weak. He's weak. What kind of leaders he, you know, and he has often, while seeing atrocities, let his eyes tear up, let himself show his emotion. And he said in many interviews, I can't, the worst thing in the world is to become used to war. I can't let myself harden to this. Of course, I want, I want people to see my emotion because they said, you know, do you, are you okay with allowing people to see your weakness? He said, I don't think it's weakness. It's humanity. And it's so important to remain human. He talked a lot about that as well, to remain human in the face of unbelievable tragedy. So what I'm kind of getting, and I I feel like the angels are steering us towards this place, is that you can't hide your head in the sand and not know. You have to know what's happening, feel the emotions that come with it, show that vulnerability, have the conversations that you need to have in order to work your vibration through it, not go underneath it, around it avoid it, but come back to a vibration where to your point before, like we can take anything that's happened and step up with the extraordinary talents and skills within us to help wherever we can. Yes, absolutely. And you know what? I also, I didn't want to leave this one bit out. This is um, for, for all of us. What what else he had was really good at is not listening to critics. Now that's different than not caring about people. He very much cared. You know, he had a very servant leadership style. When he first was elected, he didn't really have this very strong agenda because he said, "I will always take um, heed of what the people want of my people. If my people elected me, uh, you know, he would." collect opinions from people and see what was most needed and work on that. Very different type of leadership, by the way, than most leaders we see. And so it's not about not taking the opinions of those that you're serving, but it is about blocking out criticism. So he was really good, really good at blocking out all of the external critics that were like, he has no experience, he's a comic. Why should he be doing this? Before that, even when he was becoming a performer, it's a hard path his own parents didn't want him to be a performer and he just 
he's, he found an inner center. So another important fact that I didn't want to forget about, because I think it's so important for all of us, because whoever, whenever we put ourselves out there in, in the arena, in whatever format, you know, you and I do it in a public forum, you can't write and you can't have a podcast without being in a public forum. Uh, but whatever way you, you stick your neck out with your truth, there will be critics. There are always critics. It's important to connect yourself to your center and your truth and speak it regardless of the critics. Because if we let the critics stop us, we won't get anywhere. There's always going to be critics. Well, I think it goes beyond that. There's what I've recognized is that people have their own agenda. And oftentimes where people are critical is what their criticalness is trying to say, whether you're a boss at work or you have a podcast or whatever it might be, is I view it as they're saying, this isn't what I want from you. I want you to go in this direction. And yes, you have to take into account, you know, like what other people want and which direction they want to go. Um, but at the end of the day, in order to lead, you have to be that open channel that you were talking about before and say, okay, I'm taking everything into account, but I can't please everybody. You're never, ever, ever going to please everybody. So we're going to go in this direction and I'm doing the best that I can. And this is the the way spirit's leading me. So this is how we're going to go. And at the end of the day, you just have to let it be. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. It's, it's not right. It's not just about them, them criticizing you. It's about themselves. That's a good point. A lot of times, and I've noticed this too, and this is for any creative person, people criticize because they need to prove their own view of the world, of reality, of what's possible and not possible right to themselves. So it's about their own paradigm. They're continuing to be in their own paradigm. And if you don't fit in their paradigm, you will get criticized, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's also too, you don't know what you don't know. So actually one of my biggest regrets that I have, and I wouldn't say that I'm a person with a lot of regrets because I've always just followed my heart. And I know that my consciousness has to unfold only at the pace that it can. Like often we want our consciousness to unfold much faster. Um, but I've noticed that on this podcast where when I was first starting out or the first couple of years, if I didn't understand the process of being a book author, I criticized certain things in certain ways, or I didn't understand how those who were 10 steps ahead of me, why they were doing the things that they, they did. I've been critical of other people. And it's so funny because as you step into those different paths and you realize, oh, you know, I didn't realize how much work it was going to be to step into these shoes or to do this next project or to do this thing. And once you're actually doing the work, you realize, oh, that person that I criticized, they were actually doing it right. I just didn't have all of the knowledge or the background information or I wasn't doing it myself. But once you get to that point, you're like, that is the best way. But what a what 
huge growth. First of all, again, something else. See, everything, everything smart we talk about is in the book. No, I'm kidding. But like another thing in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky that I write about is his him saying that we make mistakes because we're human. We all make mistakes. What happens when things turn evil is, is the way he put it, is when we are not willing to face our mistakes, when we double down, when we don't face our, and, or admit our mistakes. So of course we all make mistakes on the smaller scale as human beings. Of course we all make mistakes. When we're able to admit them, yeah, that's when we grow and learn. When we're not able to admit them, we'll have problems. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, it's interesting. I was scrolling on social yesterday and there was this um, reel of uh, a gentleman who I thought was just very, very brave and courageous to put this out there. But he said, when I was in my marriage before my first marriage, he goes, I knew what my wife's triggers were. He said, I knew her upbringing. I knew where she had pain. And he said, there were times where I was just so mad. I intentionally pushed on her triggers and triggered her knowing, knowing that I would cause her pain. And I thought, you know, the exact same thing. Oh my goodness. If we could all just admit where we've been wrong and where we've done things that we didn't, we regret now, like looking back, because I can say almost everybody that I've criticized spirit has come back around and said, this is why they did what they did. You know, now we're putting you in that same position so that you can see they were right and you were wrong. When we're able to really be so raw and honest with ourselves in the way that we've caused pain and repair it. I think that that's another place that will take this planet to a completely different level of repair and healing. Absolutely. And so when leaders can be the very things we're talking about, when leaders are able to admit their mistakes. So what Zelensky was talking about is Russia has made huge mistakes. If they had a leader instead of someone in a very, very old paradigm, like like their president Putin, this old autocratic paradigm that really doesn't belong in this century anymore is the truth. Uh, we are evolving past it. It would be a different story because countries are just collectives of people. Of course, they make mistakes. Um, but we need to become those things first. That's an, that's why that's another reason for, you know, unlocking your inner Zelensky is we really we often look to leaders to save us, to protect us, to create what we want the world to be, what we want our country to be. We have to remember, and I've been very big on that. I think my messaging has always been about this, that we have to become the change we want to see. We have to become it in the smallest ways. And when, when enough of us, you know, countries don't change, people change. Yeah. And the people change the countries. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think that that ties this all together today where we are able to go, we're able to hold our vibration, we're able to process, we're able to repair where we can, we're able to use our consciousness and our vibration to speak truth and love into this world and to teach the next generation how to do so as well. 
And uh, I'm just so excited for your new book. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the show. Your next book, Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, will be out by the time that this show airs, October 21st. It's coming out the 24th, but um, also it's available everywhere for pre-order as well. I mean, by the time this airs, it'll be fully out there, but it's um, it's everywhere books are sold. And I just got to mention that it's also available in audio as an audiobook. Um, narrated by a really talented voice actress who happens to be of Ukrainian heritage as well. And if I kept really quickly, because I think you and your listeners would love the synchronicity of this. So this Ukrainian, um, this American um, actress of Ukrainian heritage voiced the book and then contacted me after to tell me how much she loved the message of the book. And, but she also wanted to tell me that her now husband was then a cinematographer on the very set where I crossed paths with Zelensky. Wow, what an angel story, bringing that full circle. I love that. Jesse, tell everybody where they can find you and your work. I'm at jessiecanzer.com. That's J-E-S-S-I-E-K-A-N-Z-E-R.com at jessiecanzer on Instagram. Um, And then uh, my books are available wherever books are sold, your indie bookstore, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, if you go to jessiecanzer.com, you'll see all the links there. Fantastic. Oh, my love, Jesse. Thank you so much for all that you do for the world. Thank you for having me and for helping us remember to get back to that high vibration, even when we see all the bad stuff that's going on right now. Oh, absolutely. And the angels are with you, friends. They want you to know one more thing, one more message. When you have those hard days where you're like, Julie, I just cannot hold that high vibration. I can't hold my thoughts high. Imagine yourself encircled with angels just all surrounding you and ask them to be your vibration holders for that day and ask them to hold your thoughts high uh, for that day. And they will absolutely do that work for you. Everybody, if you join me for a quick moment, I just want to lead us in a quick prayer to bring in the angels and just divine guidance within this world. So if you would close your eyes with me, take a deep breath. Imagine God energy being so massive, God, universe source, surrounding our entire planet, radiating out past the moon. And from the universe, looking back at Earth, I want you to imagine that there are just these rings and rings and rings of angels surrounding the planet in all directions. The angels have their palms up facing the earth, raising the vibration of the planet, raising the consciousness of the planet, holding your vibration high, helping you to find peace and comfort and love in your thoughts in order to turn around and radiate that energy to the world. I want you to imagine for a moment that the angels take the vibration 
of Israel, Gaza, Ukraine, Russia, Iran, the United States, and lift all of the vibrations higher, 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 higher. See the angels releasing everything that is not serving those countries, transmuting those vibrations into love frequency. You can also see this for China and any other countries as well. But just to really, really see the angels lifting the vibration of all countries here on earth. See the angels activating within the heart of every human being. The oneness of all that is, their energy, that is their soul, God, universe, source, frequency. See the angels activating that in each person. Allowing each person on earth to get in tune with their own soul's frequency, oneness, energy, and radiate it out. To their country, the world, the planet, this entire solar system. And just see this vibration of love enveloping, encompassing every ounce of this world. Friends, your angels say that they're surrounding you right now. They're ready to hold that vibration of love for you. That vibration of oneness. They're here with you to keep your Vibration high in all areas. Put your awareness on this. Put your attention on this and allow them to guide you and help you. Friends, I love you so much. Thank you so much, Jesse, for being on the show. Everybody have a great blessed day.